Foreclosures are a great indication if the market is going to go up or down, and the third quarter 2021 numbers are in. On this video, let's take a look at the overall impact of foreclosures since the nationwide foreclosure moratorium ended on July 31st, as well as the five cities with the highest foreclosures, the five cities with the lowest foreclosures, and which cities are expecting to increase and decrease based on new foreclosure filings. All of that and more coming up. Go to 8weekacademy.com to claim your free copy of Jerry Norton's most popular training. In it, he reveals his blueprint for making $100,000 per year with real estate. If this is your first time here, my name is Jerry Norton. I've been a full-time real estate investor now for almost 18 years. Amongst other things, I specialize in flipping houses all across the country, and I've helped thousands of new investors get into the game of flipping and create six-figure and even seven-figure incomes. If you want to learn how to flip houses so you can live your dream life, be sure to subscribe to my channel and click the bell icon to get notified when new videos are released. As you know, 2021 has been a crazy year in real estate. Amidst the worldwide and ongoing pandemic, all of the doomsday predictions that the market would crash have not just been totally wrong so far, but the real estate market has had unprecedented growth. Let's quickly recap what happened. When the pandemic first happened, many businesses were forced to shut their doors and millions were left unemployed. Fearing a real estate market crash, the federal government intervened by instituting a temporary nationwide moratorium on foreclosures. Lenders were not allowed to foreclose on homeowners and had to provide forbearance to homeowners that were unable to make their loan payments. The reason why foreclosures matter so much is because as history teaches from the 2008 market crash, by the time foreclosures hit the open market, they are often abandoned, neglected, and in serious disrepair, so they sell at steep discounts, thus driving down home values. After several extensions, the federal moratorium finally ended earlier this year on July 31st, and lenders were able to resume foreclosing on homeowners for non-payment. At the time, there were approximately 2 million homeowners still in forbearance. 900,000 of which were set to expire by the end of this year, and the rest in 2022. When that happened, the doomsday crowd again predicted that all of those people in forbearance would default on their loans, resulting in a tsunami of foreclosures, and thus trigger a market crash. So, are they right? Well, it's still too early to tell for sure. The foreclosure process can take a long time, but what we can look at is the foreclosure filings. A foreclosure filing is when a lender starts the foreclosure process. Like I mentioned earlier, at the end of the foreclosure moratorium, there were 2 million people still in forbearance, with 900,000 set to expire by the end of the year. And now, as of this recording, we have two months of data, so let's take a look at the August and September numbers. Now, according to Adam Data, which provides the most comprehensive foreclosure data in the nation, in August, the first full month since the moratorium ended, and banks could resume foreclosing, there were a total of 15,838 properties with foreclosure filings. That number increased 24% in September to 19,609, of which 10,289 of them were new filings. So how do we decipher this data and put it in the proper context to try and understand what's happening? Well, on one hand, 19,609 total filings in September is up 102% increase from one year earlier, but that's not helpful because of the moratorium was going on in September 2020. But what about the year before in 2019 prior to the pandemic? Well, 
Compared to September 2019, foreclosure filings were 70% lower. So that tells us filings are way down compared to the most recent normal market. But let's look at the data in a slightly different way to create some projections. For argument's sake, let's say that the number of filings follows the same trend as it did from August to September and increases 24% each month in the fourth quarter of 2021. That would mean October would see 24,000 total filings, November would see 30,000 and December 37,000 for a projected total of 127,000 filings since the moratorium ended. And for argument's sake, let's assume that all of those 127,000 filings eventually result in foreclosure, which is way over projecting because most will get refinanced, modified, or sold prior to the day of reckoning. That means only 14% of the 900,000 people ending forbearance this year would result in foreclosure. And if that number is consistent next year with the remaining million that will end forbearance in 2022, then less than 300,000 of the 2 million people in forbearance since the moratorium ended will result in foreclosure. In fact, that's even the number I predicted back in July when I did a video about how we would not see a flood of foreclosures after the moratorium ended. Which is why I estimate that only 10% of the remaining 2 million in forbearance will end up in foreclosure. And in the big scheme of things, 300,000 foreclosures is inconsequential on the real estate market. Referring to the September filings, Rick Sharga, executive vice president of Adam Data, said, despite the increased level of foreclosure activity in September, we're still far below historically normal numbers. Even with similar increases in foreclosures over the next few months, we'll end the year significantly below what we'd see in a normal housing market. To put in perspective, there were over 5 million foreclosures in 2008 and 2009. So 300,000 foreclosures is not even close to the last market crash. So let's look at both foreclosure starts or filings as well as actual foreclosures to see which cities are increasing and decreasing. In order to determine which cities had the highest foreclosure rate, Adam Data compared the total number of completed foreclosures to the total number of filings. With cities over 1 million in population, the highest foreclosure rates in Q3 2021 were number one, Atlantic City, New Jersey, which had one foreclosure for every 709 filings. Next was Peoria, Illinois, which had one in every 754 filings. Next was Bakersfield, California, which had one in every 923. Then Cleveland, Ohio, which had one in every 936. And then Las Vegas, Nevada, which had one in every 1,167 filings. Now, if you want to forecast which markets are expected to decline and which markets are expected to increase, let's look at new foreclosure filings. For the third quarter of 2021, with cities over 1 million in population, the five cities with the most new filings were New York City, which had the highest with 1,456 new filings, followed by Chicago with 1,122, then Los Angeles with 1,102, then Miami with 992, and finally Houston with 886 foreclosure starts. The top five cities that saw the biggest declines in foreclosure starts in Q3 2021 were Charlotte, North Carolina, down 32%, Portland, Oregon, down 26%, Rochester, New York, down 17%, San Jose, California, down 13%, and Hartford, Connecticut down 6%. Now, one other statistic worth noting is the number of bank repossessions called REOs. 
An REO occurs when no one buys the property at the foreclosure auction for the amount owed on the loan. When that happens, the bank takes back the property and then attempts to resell it on the open market. And for Q3 2021, lenders repossessed 7,574 properties nationwide. The highest states were Illinois with 965 REOs, then Florida with 564, then Pennsylvania with 480, then Michigan with 401, and finally New York with 370. So if you're a real estate investor, especially a wholesaler or a flipper, while foreclosures are comparatively speaking low right now, they can still be a great source for good deals. Let's discuss three different ways you can pick up great deals during the foreclosure process. First is with pre-foreclosure leads. These are the foreclosure filings I mentioned earlier. When the bank starts the foreclosure process, there is a window of time before the foreclosure happens when the seller is motivated to sell his property. Where permitted, you can contact these pre-foreclosure sellers to see if they are interested in selling before losing their homes to foreclosure. The best way to do that is by using my Flipster system. With Flipster, you can get a list of pre-foreclosure leads, skip trace them, and call or text them, or you can use a done-for-you direct mail tool and send them a postcard. The best part is Flipster helps you organize, streamline, and automate all of the steps to wholesaling and flipping houses. To learn more and see it in action, just go to getflipster.com. The second way to get a great deal during the foreclosure timeline is at the foreclosure auction. Oftentimes there's little competition and you can buy an awesome deal. I did a video that breaks down everything you need to know about buying properties at the foreclosure auction. I'll put the link to that video in the description below and you can check it out later. And the third way to get a great deal during the foreclosure timeline is once the property becomes an REO. REO properties are my all-time favorite types of investment properties to wholesale or flip. I've done hundreds of REO deals over the years. I did a video where I break down 10 very important tips when buying REO properties. So watch that video now. And if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to my channel. With almost 800 videos, this is the number one channel on YouTube for all things flipping. And I'll see you on the next video.